0: Good morning, church. Thanks for being with us today as we continue in our series, Asking for Friend. Now, Brittany and I are away with family this morning, getting some much-needed R&R. But we love you enough that we would never put you in bad hands. Actually, one of our best friends in the whole wide world is going to be here this morning continuing. So can we show him some Greenville First love? And welcome to the stage, Pastor Jason Burbacher. Well, good morning. You guys look good this morning. Hey, uh, just want to give some honor. Aren't you thankful for lead pastors? You guys are blessed. Josh and Brittany are absolutely amazing. They're great friends of ours. But I want you to know how much they love you. They think about you. They care about you. And I'm telling you what, you, you guys don't know how blessed you are uh, to, to have a pastor, a lead pastors with a vision for the community, vision for you, and vision for the world around them. Can we just give them a hand, even though they're not here? It's amazing uh, to be a part of what God's doing. They are uh, personal friends of ours. In fact, uh, Josh interned under me when I was a youth pastor, uh, dating myself way, way back when. Uh, We are in our series, Asking for a Friend. We're so excited if you're uh, viewing online with us. And if you have your Bibles, take them out. Turn to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. And uh, while you're turning there, this this idea asking for a friend has uh, kind of culturally become the line. If we're uncomfortable about asking a question, we're just going to say, "Hey, I'm, I'm I'm asking for a friend. I'm a little too maybe a little too embarrassed to say it uh, that we are. Hey, just going to let you know, it's not me that needs to know this information." But I'm asking for a friend. And in this series, we're, we're tackling some tough topics that we're going to ask for a friend and make a safe place for. But before we do there, there's some funny ones that are out there. Anybody, you find yourself, if you have kids, you are working with your kids schooling right now. Okay, three of us. Good. Uh, we'll, we'll get together. But maybe you have those questions that you're asking for a friend, like simple questions. Hey, I'm asking for a friend, but how many oceans are there? I cannot remember that. Um, how about planets? I'm not sure. Is Pluto going to make a comeback? Like, I'm asking for if there's a right angle, is there a wrong angle? Like, I don't know. I'm asking for a friend. We're in geometry right now with my kids. Um, maybe, maybe you're single out there and you, you want to ask this for a friend. How many days can I go without showering? If my hair's not greasy, I mean, and I didn't really sweat. How many, how many days can I... I'm just asking... For, for a friend. Um, if I throw out all the delivery bags, can I tell people that I actually cooked it? Asking for a friend. Or is that plagiarism? Asking for a friend. Is it sad or Christ-like that I'm on a first-name basis with the delivery driver? Asking for a friend. Okay. There's some funny ones out there. Josh encouraged us last week, be careful when you go look, because there's also some crazy ones out there. Uh, So as we're taking this approach, these questions that we want to ask, that we need to ask, that we may never ask, and and I think some point along the lines in our Christian journey, we may even think that we should be farther than we are, so it's kind of this hesitancy on some of these deep spiritual questions. So again, we're creating a safe place, a practical place in this series, as we ask for a friend. Last week, Pastor Josh uh, tackled the loaded question on how do we fight the battle of the mind. I'll tell you, if you're struggling with some emotional things during this season in your life and you weren't here, you need to get that message. It will be practical. It will minister to your soul and it will help you. Uh, This week, we want to look at the question of, hey, what do we do with this subject of distance? The subject of distance, if God feels distant, if his voice feels distant, if I personally have chosen distance, what are the things that may keep me distant or far off or not trusting, and you can kind of fill in the blank there, but the fact is distance, that word, it's, it's tough. even when it, Especially kind of when it comes to relationships, and as we look at relationships with Jesus, it is easily in this season that we're in, which, by the way, society wants us socially distant. When we're in this, and I'm saying there's good reasons to be, but we're in this season of distance, what do we do? I want to take somewhat of a different approach to tackle this by looking at the heart and the mission of Jesus and, and through a, a peculiar encounter that he have and has and, and give some promises from Scripture, maybe not necessarily a one, two, three, But looking at the way Jesus ministered, and I think it'll help bridge the gap of this distance issues. Uh, Before we dive into this practical encounter, when you look at the life of Jesus, which is what we all should be studying, which was what we all should be modeling, you have to kind of go back as he revolutionized the way of thinking. You have to kind of go back to his mission statement and what he was called to do and how he lived that out. In Luke chapter four, he gives us His mission statement, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news. How many could use some good news? He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Favor. As you look at the actions of Jesus and how he revolutionized the community, his his job was to bring liberty and hope and and good news to those who are broken, hurting, anxious, who are feeling distanced, who are heavy by the cares of this world. And then this scripture in Luke chapter 4, he kind of pulls out this scroll of Isaiah 61 in the temple. And he's saying, today it's being filled. Today I'm here. Today I'm starting this mission of liberty, hope. So if you feel broken and far off, I've got good news for you. And so Jesus will have these encounters all throughout scripture, all throughout the gospels that literally bring this message of liberty to life. If you keep reading, uh, around Luke chapter nine, he takes a turn and he sets back to Jerusalem. We know he's gonna set back to Jerusalem because he's going to become the sacrifice. He will become the sacrifice that will handle our business of sin. How many thankful for that sacrifice, both past, present, and future sin. And he's on his way back to Jerusalem, and in Luke chapter 19, he enters a city called Jericho, where he has an unusual encounter, a familiar encounter, that will help take care of some distance. Go ahead and stand with me for the reading of God's word this morning. Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, we're going to start right at verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man there by the name of Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see Jesus, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I'm going to stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people who saw this began to mutter, He's, he's going to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, look, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham, for the son of man has come to seek and save the lost. Father, today I pray as we look at your word, got a familiar passage, that? Many of us have heard preached over and over again, but Father, today I pray that it will awaken our hearts, it will awaken our soul, God, that it will produce transformation in us and through us, and we would see it filter out into our community that's so in desperate need of good news. We love you, Jesus, in your name we pray, amen. As you see, to tell your neighbor they look good. I am, uh, I turned 40 this past year, I know that shocks some of you. Uh, I, t- I turned 40, and I found that there are things that adults shouldn't do now, like you're coming to this, this age, or, or better words is we can't do anymore. Uh, I was looking back. Anybody remember B.C. time, your B.C. time, before children? Anybody remember that? Like sleeping in. Some of you don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is. You don't know what... Sleeping Like before children, it was like, we could get up at 11.30 on a Saturday, just do whatever we want. We could put on our clothes how we want to put on our clothes. We could get our shoes how we want to get on our shoes. But now we have kids, and that, that doesn't work anymore. Things that you used to do <laughs> that you can't do. Uh, when I was in my 20s, I was a lot more competitive in sports and things. Uh, anybody play competitive sports? I didn't. Um, but I was, I was I was a lot more competitive uh, back then. I don't know if it was a testosterone or, or whatever, you know. And somebody fouls you or something, and the immediate reaction like you swell up, and it's this. Now that I'm older, I'm just in for one or two times down the court. Like if I swell up, I'm worried I'm gonna pull a shoulder out. Like like there's no desire of of any of that anymore. Um, remember like staying out late when you were younger. Like two or three in the morning, let's just sit by the fire, let's talk, and just hang out with people in the house, and just, just do all that. And man, I'm like, it's 9:30. I'm sleepy. You guys gotta, you guys, you guys gotta, you guys gotta go. Uh, driving, you could just kind of get in the car on a whim and maybe take a long weekend. Hey, you want to go to Chicago this week and drive 15 hours in the car and, and take a gas and just go. I get tired going to the grocery store. Like that's a chore. Like should we go out, should we get groceries or should we just fast this evening? Cause that's like too much of a issue to go to, to, to the corner. And, and depending on the GPS, how many of you are GPS dependent? They have to talk to you the whole, like you've grown up in this city of Greenville, but now you find yourself reliant on that voice telling you telling you where to go. I get lost all the time. See, now, now that I'm older, I find that there's this, there's this schedule. I mean, you got a schedule. There's this routine. There's this stuff. And we get up and we go to bed and we've got things to do in between. And we kind of lose this idea of wonder, this idea of childlike faith, the spontaneity, these faith attempts. In our story, we get the picture that Jesus is walking through this crowded town of Jericho and it's slammed wall to wall with people. It's feeling like almost like a parade. This large crowd is moving. And you have this chief tax collector by the name of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus would be the manager of all the dirtbag tax collectors. It it would be him. and, and And it says he runs ahead getting some distance. In this society, Jewish men didn't run. He runs ahead and he climbs a tree. Can you imagine climbing a tree? Did he have to push other children out the way to get up to tree? Like, he, he's climbing a tree. Now, a little background, just so you're familiar with how peculiar this is. Uh, the word tax collector in the Greek is a telelens. And, and a common tax collector, like a Levi or somebody like that, they, they would, what they would do is they would buy into a tax booth franchise, so to speak, So if you were a Jewish citizen and you wanted to make this amount of money, you would deny somewhat your Jewish heritage, you would buy this tax booth from the Romans, and then you would be in charge of taxing your own people for another another government. Many times they'd have to sell their own private promised Israel land to do this. So like this is a heavy moment when Jesus calls like Levi and these people. And, And now you have the chief tax collector Zacchaeus Now, the chief tax collector, not only would he be in charge of all these tax booth franchises, which, by the way, if you were collecting taxes and the Roman government would say, hey, we need 10%, as a Jewish tax collector, you could charge 30. There's no accountability. This is for the Romans and this is for me. This is for the Romans and this is for me. And so you have this business going on where they've basically become traitors to their own people. And now you have a chief tax collector by the name of Zacchaeus. Now the chief tax collector, he would be in charge of a lot of the land foreclosures. So they taxed the people so high that Zacchaeus would end up, and his buddies, would end up getting this land back, then re-renting it back to the owners, almost creating a slave market, to their own people. So they are, they are hated, as a chief tax collector, hated by the community. Financially, Zacchaeus has everything going for him. Financially, he's loaded. Financially, he has probably a massive amount of land and the house and all the things going for them. But at one point, he hears that Jesus is coming. Jesus is passing, and it says he wanted to see who Jesus was straight from Scripture, and he had maybe heard something about his teaching about how he releases or has good news for the poor or those impoverished. And so brushing off all restraints, all cultural, he, he runs ahead at a distance to get a view of Jesus passing that way. And Jesus approaches him in this moment and then this kind of thing, and Zacchaeus, hurry up. Come down. I need to stay at, at your house. If you're taking notes or following along, uh, I've got good news that while you may feel distant, you need to know two things. Number one, Jesus pursues you. See, I, I love this encounter because it's the message of Jesus. When Jesus reaches the spot, it says, He looks up and, and says to Zacchaeus, Come down immediately. I must stay at your house. I love, I'm thankful that Jesus looks up. I love that line that in the middle of the crowd, you have a picture shoulder to shoulder with people. You have this short, fat, outcast guy who's chased money and wealth, who is no doubt isolated from all of society, who is distant in most, if not all of his relationships, probably full of guilt, yet has this oppressive nature to him. And he's in a tree and he's distant, probably not wanting to be noticed, yet Jesus looks up and notices him. For me, this is good news. This is good news in my hustle and bustle in the crazy world, while everyone's looking down, busy with their own day-to-day life, Jesus looks up. And I'm thankful that we have a Jesus who looks up and notices me with all of my insecurities, with all my stuff, he sees and he notices. I'm thankful that he sees you when you're distant. When you're trying to just get ahead of the crowd, when you've isolated yourself, maybe by your own decisions, I want you to know this morning that, that Jesus notices you. And that's good news. Not, not only does he looks, look up, but I love this. He gives immediate direction. He says, Zacchaeus, come down, and come down right now. This connection, this idea, what Zacchaeus needed. There's no need to hide. There's no need to stay nis- distant. You come You come close. Here's something I found while studying that most scholars believed that hearing the name Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus for him to hear his name at that moment may be the first time he heard his name in years since he had become a tax collector. You see, Zacchaeus in Hebrew translates to pure one. And the Jewish culture, they had an honor and shame culture. And so by no means would any Hebrew calls Zacchaeus pure one. By no means would they say, hey, there's the pure one. Hey, pure one. They wouldn't call him that. He would be called traitor. He would be called scum. He would, he would be hated. And yet Jesus calls him by his birth name, calls him by his original purpose, calls him, calls him pure one. Gives him immediate direction. How many are thankful that God's grace is immediate? Anybody grow up in old school days where your parents spanked you? Now, those of you, I'm not, I don't need emails. I'm not encouraging that. How many, how many picked your own switch? Anybody have that, parent? Go out and grab a tree. I'm going to beat you. That's, we've come a long way, but that's where we were. <laughs> Spare the rod. You know, like, like that kind of stuff. How many are thankful that Jesus doesn't do that? There's no time out. There's no go outside the gate. There's no go away, Zacchaeus, for a moment. You go get cleansed. You go do your thing with the... Right away, Jesus says... Come down. I need to hang. I need. I need to hang out with you. I call you by name. I'll let you know your purpose. I'll. I'll know your design. Not the moment of punishment. You don't have to wait. Aren't you thankful? He calls you right where you are, and it's immediate, and it's good news. I love that not only does Jesus look up and gives immediate direction, but I love that He gives Zacchaeus what Zacchaeus needed. I must stay at your house. This man ostracized by the community because of his choices. He's alone, he's distant, he's hated. He has all the money in the world, but how many know something's missing? You can have all the money in the world, but something's missing. He's empty, he's blinded in his pursuits of wealth. Hey, Zacchaeus, you're, you're alone. You're broken, you're hurting, you're distant. Jesus says, I'll come to you. I'll, I'll, come, I'll come hang out at your place that place that you've been pursuing with all of the wrong, th- wrong things, I'll come to that house that's isolated and empty and alone. I'll pursue you, I'll come to you, and I'll give you relationship. I'll give you, although you've been distanced, I'll give you closeness. Although you've been missing, you're found. Let's hang out. Again, what does he say in Luke chapter 4? He's come to open what? Blinded eyes. Blinded eyes. Zacchaeus says, I want to see Jesus. He has the message there. I will let you see, pure one, what you're created for. That's good news for us. It's good news that he says, I must stay at your house. There's no place that I'd rather be than hanging out with you. And if you feel far off or distant this morning, know this, that Jesus wants to be close and he is near. He's pursuing you. You have a need and I will meet it. Is Zach still in here? He's gone. All right, Dustin, come on up. He's gone on, He's gone on purpose. He saw this in first service. I'll meet you. Anybody grow up in the, in the 80s going to church? I got saved 37 times in the 80s. Um, I said this in first. They had no confidence in the roof structure in the 80s because every sermon was like, if this roof was to cave in, would you right now go to heaven? Or hell, I don't know, I'll come down forward again. Jason, you got saved yesterday. I know. Um, I call like the old lady in church. Hello? Oh, phew, the rapture didn't take place. Mom's car's not in the driveway. I had fear. Just talking out of my insecurities today. But I used to have this picture. I used to have this picture of God and a relationship with God that you give your heart to God. Let's say Dustin's God, so good looking. Um, and and he's, he's God. And we have a relationship. But in my own doing, this is how I used to view the relationship with God. In my own doing, I would turn to my own way. I would commit a sin. I'd look at that thing I wasn't supposed to. I'd do that thing I wasn't supposed to. My mom used the word sass. I would sass my mom. Whatever the decision I would make. And all of a sudden i turn and i choose distance. And then, and then we, in repentance or, or whatever you want to call it, we, we make that turn back. We've made some mistakes. We've wandered our own way. We've done our own thing. We make our mistakes back. And now, Jesus, I need you. And I always had this perspective of he's on the throne and I must now grovel. Now, listen, he is on the throne, but this is my perspective. I must grovel my way back. I must get back to right relationship. I must do all, and then the next time I make a mistake. And, then the, and it's this yo-yo thing that every time he was the great punisher, the dictator who sat on the throne. That's how I view God. And God revealed something to me that, that how many are thankful that nothing can separate you from his love. That he's not the great punisher, he's the great pursuer. That he longs relationship with you. That's why he came to earth. So, now we're going to switch places. Say, I'm God. Dustin, you're Dustin. You could be Dustin. And he chooses to turn his back and says, I'm going to walk away, and I'm going to wander. So, this is what God gave him. I'm going to wander. I'm God, right? We're going to wander. And we're going to go this way, maybe. And we're going to go this way, maybe. And we're... I'm doing my own thing. Dustin's doing it the whole time. <laughs> do that. And then we choose to turn. Oh, this is non COVID. We talked already, so we're good. And he's here. And it's this, it's this immediate relate. You want to do that again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That's a little. laughs> It's this <laughs> immediate love. Thank you, Dustin. Jesus, thank you. It's immediate, this love and relationship and it connected that, that God is not the great punisher, that God, how many are thankful is the great pursuer, that he pursues you, that when you choose or when you feel distance, he's never distant from you, that he is near and he longs to have relationship with you. I want to ask you this question as we finish out this point. What puts you in a tree? This morning, what puts you in a tree? What puts you distant? What puts you far off? What what puts you in, a, in another place where you feel like I don't trust, I don't hear, I don't feel? What are the things that you may be trying to accumulate in your life to fill a void that is initially causing the distance? What are the things that you have done that keeps you, that you feel like keeps you distant from Jesus? He is the great pursuer. I want to encourage you today, you don't have to feel distance, you don't have to keep running ahead, and if you're here this morning, he says, I'm here, I want to hang out, I want to have a relationship, but bigger than that, I want to give purpose, and that's good news. Number two, not only is Jesus good news because he pursues you, but he also purposes you. Jesus purposes you. All the people saw this and began to mutter, so he's gone to be the guest of a sinner, but Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, look here, and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if i cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay it back four times the amount. Jesus said, today salvation has come, because this man too is a son of Abraham. Now if you're in the neighborhood and you're a member of that community, again, you, you would be infuriated that Jesus, the rabbi, the prophet, the healer, the teacher, the mission of good news, that Jesus, if you're really that guy, Why are you hanging out with him? You heal people. You cast demons out. And and you even knew his name when no one else called him that name. You, You knew his birth name. I mean, you must be a prophet, so you must know what kind of man he is. All of us are hardworking. We're trying to raise our kids. We're trying to pay our taxes and our tithes, and we can't afford them both. And we don't even really have enough to put food on the table. And he's the one doing it to us. You're gonna stay with that guy. And Jesus says, I need to stay at your house, Zacchaeus. I need to have relationship and conversation with you. And what happens behind those closed doors, we're not privy to, but when they came out, Jesus said, salvation has come here. I would like to propose that this conversation, that this meeting was on purpose, to give purpose and to change not just Zacchaeus, but an entire community. The text says in Luke chapter 4, the scroll from Isaiah, that Jesus says, I have good news for who? I have good news for the poor. Let me say that again. Luke chapter 4, Jesus' message from the beginning, he says, I have good news for the poor, the things that make you broken, the things that are against God's design, my plan from the beginning. What's the good news? What did Zacchaeus say he was going to do? He was going to give half his stuff away to the poor i have good news for the poor from luke chapter four and if i've ripped anybody off i'll pay it back four times the amount well not not only is that better than any interest rate that anybody could have gotten back then not only is that better than any working man could have gotten return on his investment it's actually what moses says we're to do in deuteronomy If you are knowingly, it says in Deuteronomy, if you knowingly rip somebody off, you're to pay it back four times. That's a law. That's how God designed community and how it was to function. And Zacchaeus says, now I'm going, with one conversation with Jesus, with one meeting with Jesus, he says, now I'm going to start living according to the Bible. I'm gonna start living according to the way God designed it. Not only was it good news for Zacchaeus, For Zacchaeus, it's good news for the whole community. If you're in the community, you start thinking, I'm going to give back fourfold what's been stolen from me. That's better than what I could have done with it on my own. Now, the community can start living according to God's design, which Levitical law says that under the tithe or under the offering, especially the third year of the third offering, you are to give back and to care for the poor, the orphan, and the widow and the foreigner. That's the job of the Jewish community. Well, the Jewish community is being oppressed so much, they don't have enough to care for the poor. They don't have enough to care for those who can't care for themselves. Now Jesus, in one conversation, gives them back, in the middle of Roman oppression, in one conversation, gives them back four times what they had so they can complete and do and operate in the way God designed. Now they have excess. Now the community can live according to the Bible. Now the community can take care of the marginalized, which is the way God designed it. And Jesus, I know we were joking before that you were a prophet. You must be a prophet. This was an intentional conversation because you knew exactly what we needed. And with one conversation and one crazy relationship, Jesus, you changed our entire community. Zacchaeus is now living like a son of Abraham. He's now living according to the way god designed and salvation now the community is living like sons and daughters of abraham in the middle of roman oppression according to the way god designed it that's good news he makes this tagline he says for the son of man has come to seek and save that was lost what was lost closeness and relationship in the garden. God's desire is to bring kingdom of heaven to earth. So what does he do? I am restoring the original design, the original relationship that you were meant to have here on earth. To be closed. Not only that, to give you now purpose to live out in community. As we close this point, I just have the question, what what if you and I could have these types of encounters? Now one conversation, one, one conversation what if we looked up? And I don't know about you, but I find myself guilty of looking down, especially at all the screens that I have access to and the feeds that I have access to. And I'm telling you, when I, when I get inundated by all of that stuff and the news and this stuff, I find myself distant. I find myself distant from my purpose to care. I find myself distant from my purpose to love people. I find, I find myself somewhat angry. Anybody get frustrated at what's going on on your feet? I find myself where we are as a country and what's going on and the divisiveness and the division and then the next couple of weeks and how crazy it's going to be. And, it's just fr- and I find myself getting distant from the original thing that God called me to do all because I'm looking, I'm looking down. What if he what if looked up? What if you looked up and, and you know, you, instead of that normal crowd and the normal schedule and the normal people, what if you looked up and you noticed even people that weren't like you? People that had a different platform than you, people that are distant and lack relationship and need relationship, and what if you looked up and you, you uh, as got your purpose to say, I need to notice where I failed to notice before. What if we took action even immediately, and I'm so guilty of waiting. I'm so guilty of saying, I'll do that later. What if, what if we didn't wait? What if we had initial conversations? What if we tore down preconceived notions and stereotypes and actually talked to the real person behind the facade and the things that they're going through and got in and knee-to-knee with people with different beliefs, with different skin color, with different views, with different political agenda? What if we talked and had, what if we took action immediately and had conversation i think it comes down to this third question is what if we really believed like jesus we have what people need that we have the good news do you understand in here greenville first that we are carriers of the very presence of jesus That the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives inside of you and me. And we have good news for all the depression. And we have good news for all the anxiety. And we have good news for all the broken. We have Jesus. Anybody have Jesus? We have Jesus and he is good news. And what if we we live like that on purpose? See, when I find myself the most distant is when I'm lacking the most purpose. When When the purpose has left, when I'm focused on something else, our job is Jesus's job to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth as i talk to your your lead pastor and their team this church wants to be a church that creates and gives opportunity for conversation on purpose conversation that take broken and hurting people that people that are different and have relationships and I believe as you take that step as a church, as you take that step as individuals, you just watch what God will do. It will change. Those conversations can literally change the community. And what you'll find is if you look up, if you'll take action, and if you believe that you have good news, what you'll find is you'll find people who are hurting. You'll, you'll find people who are broken and distant and abused and lost that look different and act different. This will interrupt your regularly scheduled program. You'll be able to have conversation sitting at their house, at at their table, on their turf and you'll be able to show them the good news of Jesus who changed your life and can change theirs and you'll offer the hope of salvation. And those people who were broken now find freedom. They now discover their purpose and make a difference just like you have. And now those same people who were hurt and broke and distant are now starting to be made whole. And they're receiving their design and they're coming home and they're they're getting close. And you'll now find people with new giftings, with new passions, with new hearts, with new desires. And you'll find people with new influence other than yours. And what happens is the gospel and the good news goes out. Because we're living on purpose. With purpose. As you have conversations with people, you literally change the direction of their life and their community. Because I've been pursued and given purpose, now I pursue and give purpose. All are included. One conversation, one relationship. It changes people, and that's the good news. How many thankful it's good news for Zacchaeus? It's good news for the community, but it's also good news for his church. It's also good news for us. To proclaim liberty to the captive, sight to the blind, to set liberty those who are pro- oppressed, and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, Jesus' mission, I got news for you, is our mission. It's your mission. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. As we close this morning, thankful that God pursues. I'm thankful that he gives purpose. But maybe you're in here and you're in this place and you say, Pastor Jason, the character I most identify with is Zacchaeus. The big question, the big big ask that we're asking is maybe for a friend and maybe we're too kind of embarrassed to say is that I feel distant. And you can attend church every Sunday morning and still have this distance issue in your life I don't feel God hear God I don't know if I trust him it's been a long time since I've had that closeness that you're talking about in fact I've wondered and I view that illustration that you did with Dustin a lot like my life right now I tell you that the question that you're asking the answer is that Jesus is near Jesus is here. He is pursuing you with a reckless love and abandonment. He loves you so much. And you guys know this, that he sent his son, his only son. He's so loved. He's so loved that he sent Jesus to take care of the sin issue, your problem, my problem, our issue of past, present, and future sin. But bigger than that, he did that so we can be intimate and close again with the Father. He became the sacrifice once and for all. And so if you're in here and you feel distant, I just wanna remind you today that Jesus is pursuing you. I wanna remind you today that his grace is free. It's sufficient for you. It's here right now. There's nothing you can do to gravel or earn it. He's here. I ask you that maybe you've been serving Jesus a long time and you just feel distant or whatever. His mercy is new every morning. It's refreshing. And maybe in a season, well, listen, He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author and your perfecter. He is here and He's pursuing you. And sometimes we need to just be reminded maybe of Philippians chapter 4, where I rejoice and again I rejoice and I let my gentleness. Be evident to all because the Lord is near. And when He's near, and when I recognize that, I can submit my requests, my prayers, and petitions with thanksgiving and the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Guards my heart, my mind. He's near. So I will rejoice in the middle of COVID, I will rejoice in the middle of social distancing. I will rejoice when the finances aren't there. I will acknowledge that God is here. And what happens is his presence and his Holy Spirit comes in and invades. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. If you're in here this morning with every head bowed, and every eye closed and you say, hey, Pastor Jason, I feel distant. I'm not where I should be with the Lord. I just, I feel like he's far away and I'm struggling right now. I just need his Holy Spirit to invade. I need his presence in my life. I need his closeness. I need to feel that again. I need, I need to know that he's alive and active. I'm going to make a commitment to rejoice this morning, but I, I just need a special prayer. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, could you raise your hand and look at me and just say, I need that prayer of encouragement this morning. Anybody in here? Amen. pray out loud can you make a commitment to pray some of these scriptures over you about his grace and about his mercy that you choose to rejoice father today i thank you i thank you that you are the great pursuer i thank you that you are here and i thank you that all glory and honor and praise is due to you and i thank you lord that your design you said i desire a relationship from the very very beginning of time So, God, you recklessly pursue us with that relationship. I pray for those in here right now who feel distant, who feel far off. Maybe it's because of their own doing. Maybe it's because of something done to them. Maybe it's just the the season that they're in. God, I pray today that they would understand, that they would be reminded of your love. They would be reminded of your goodness. They would be reminded of your scripture. They would be reminded of your promises. Again, God, we thank you that your grace is sufficient for today. We thank you, Lord. We pray. We we understand when we wake up on Monday that your mercies are new every morning, that we lack nothing in you. And God, I pray, I pray as we move into Tuesday and Wednesday, we will realize that you sit on the throne. You rule King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You're the Alpha, the Omega, and yet you're God who is close in. So God, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. God, we choose to rejoice, and again, we will rejoice. And so all over this place, we're praying that the peace of God that transcends all our understanding would guard our hearts, Christ Jesus. Amen and amen.